welcome to the ninth episode. Ninth episode? Tenth episode. Man, I'm not quite sure, actually, what number. I can't even remember. It's the right episode. It's the, exactly the, the right, right episode. One. Wherever we are is where we are supposed to be. Exactly. That's right. This is Continuing the Conversation. And tonight we have a wonderful audience of five people here with us so Look far. Look at these people out there. They're just great people. Let's hear it from the crowd, please. Yeah. They're cheering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're cheering, <laughs> waving their arms. They're excited to be here. It's a great night. It's a rainy night here at Skillman. Oh, yes. And uh, But uh, rain is always uh, quite beautiful. John Mark, you are out laying in the rain. I tell you what, I mean, I'm in this photography class on Sundays. Uh, with the, it's, it's one of the classes that's offered. It's called Seeing the Light. Brother, it has made me do the craziest things. Like on uh, Monday night, uh, my son Kellen had soccer practice, and normally I sit, you know, listen, watch him play or uh, listen to a podcast. But and, and Parker, my daughter, was there. But man, we started walking around looking for flowers to take pictures of and looking at trees. It really put us into a, a different state of mind. Mm. And just right now, it started to rain. I got so excited because I said, you know what? I can take a picture of like raindrops on a puddle. And yeah. so next thing you know, there might be people calling the police on me because I was out there laying down in the, the wet pavement <laughs> trying for the sake of a good photo. Yeah. But anyway, you know, these classes at Skillman are great. Uh, I don't know what classes you guys are in right now. I'm in the Seeing the Light class, which is taught by Kim Leeson and June Martin. And it's really taught me to see the beauty in the details and always be looking out for for those beautiful things in the ordinary. And that's just one weekend. You know, th- this, uh, by the time people listen to this, you'll have had two classes. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that all the classes, uh, I've heard good reports. After Which class the, are you going to? Well, I'm going to the class called Bible Journaling. Oh, And it is man. taught by a wonderful, amazing, talented, special, uh, incredible, uh, beautiful, do you have a crush? Do you have a crush on the teacher? I think I have a crush on the teacher. <laughs> uh, her name is Rebecca Jacobson, and she's, oh, she's amazing. She's great. That's good. And uh, we had a great first week of class, and uh, by the time people listen to this, we will have had a great second, second week of class Man, as well. Man, these are a great lineup. I'm excited. Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyways, just for our listeners, I want you guys to know, uh, John Mark walked in, and literally like there was water dripping <laughs> off of his hair, <laughs> off of his face. Like he, when we say he was laying down really, in the rain, he yeah. was legitimately laying down All in for the rain. a good photo, man. <laughs> Like, and uh, I think I got a good one, so yeah. I will yeah. upload it, you know, tonight. And so if you're looking at this, you know, go to the Facebook page of the class. And, cool. Yeah, uh, the cool. one with the, with the rain involved is the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I think I got a good one. Nice, nice. Well, we are here tonight uh, to do more than just to talk about the classes. Yes. Uh, as good as they are, uh, we are here tonight because we are in the middle still. Uh, we are several weeks into a long conversation about this word uh, that's a suitcase word. Uh, I think yes. that's how you introduced it to us um, a mm-hmm. couple months ago. Mm-hmm. This word called faith. Correct. And we're still, we're still trying to unpack it. We're still trying Ooh, to yeah. discover what does this word mean. Exactly. And uh, this, mm-hmm. uh, this, this has been a long but beautiful, good journey yes. for us to, to be on and to think about and to discuss. And so tonight uh, we're going to include uh, another part uh, of the story in the conversation about what faith looks like. And, and uh, this is going to be an interesting one because it includes... A turning point, uh, a turning point into faith. Yes. Uh, we've, we've been talking about faith from the perspective yes. predominantly of people who already have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. Tonight we're going to go backwards a little bit and kind of say, what does it look like to get faith, to gain faith, to yeah. become a part of, of a people of faith, a group mm-hmm. of faith? Mm-hmm. And like uh, uh, I'm talking about the story of Saul's conversion in the Bible. Yes, in the book uh, of Acts. In the book of Acts, yes. there's this, uh, this, this guy named Saul, yes. and uh, Saul's not a fan of Christians. Oh man. And all yeah. of a sudden he has a life altering experience 
and now he not only is a fan of Christians, but he himself is one. Yes, and, yes. And uh, his name changes to Paul, and uh, then he wrote the majority of the New Testament after he's a, that. He's a big deal. Uh, you, know, you know, this story is monumental. And, you know, looking back at kind of the overview of the story, kind of the bigger picture, before we kind of get into the text and mm-hmm. talk about it, uh, it's, it's in the book of Acts, um, and it starts in the ninth chapter of Acts. And uh, most people believe that the author of Acts was Luke. Uh, Luke, uh, the medical doctor, uh, and Luke is also responsible for the book of Matthew. I'm just making sure you're listening. <laughs> I'm just making sure everybody's listening here. <laughs> Mary Hawkins looking, you're crazy. Uh, no, Luke wrote, which book? Luke, the Gospel Luke. of Luke, yeah. Uh, and many people believe that Acts is the sequel uh, to Luke, uh, both written, and Acts is a sequel. And it's, it's believed that Luke himself was a follower he traveled a lot with Paul, and so that's why Acts has so many detailed stories, all the way even to the point of him being bit by a snake in the later part of Acts, because Luke was there traveling with him. And so, you know, these are stories written by an eyewitness uh, and maybe told directly by Paul. And so that's why there's so many details. And I think one of the points of this, and I want to get your take on it too, but is just the unlikely event that a man like Saul would turn to be a disciple of Jesus. It's almost like they want to illustrate the, just the ludicrous nature like that, that Paul, Saul would become a Paul. Yeah. It's like night and day. Yeah. Well, and, and as you think about the story, too, uh, right before this, we encounter a bizarre story. In mm-hmm. my opinion, it's bizarre. I, th- I think most of the stories actually in the Bible are bizarre, so maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that's bizarre. <laughs> but uh, there's this story about this guy named Stephen. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. Stephen mm-hmm. Uh, is a deacon. Uh, he's, he's just been, I mean, poor guy. He, he had oh, just yeah. been named a deacon. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's some things uh, that you work towards in your life, and you want to be known for certain things. And, and if you're yeah. a deacon, that means that you are a servant, uh, that you are willing yes. to take care of other people. Yes. And so Stephen has finally attained uh, the, this really awesome thing mm-hmm. uh, that he, the, mm-hmm. the community has recognized him for being a servant. Yeah. And uh, right immediately after that, <laughs> poor Stephen gets drawn into this controversy Oh yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. preaches a, a really a pretty good sermon. Oh, epic sermon. And epic, epic sermon. at the end of it, uh, unfortunately, Stephen loses his life. He becomes the first martyr of the church, uh, first yeah. person to lose his life uh, for proclaiming the name of Jesus. Uh, yes. At least reported in the book of Acts. Yeah. And, uh, and, and on the heels of that, uh, there's this little note that uh-huh. says that Saul was there approving That's of right. what they had done. It's and uh, so, you know, when you talk about the unexpected nature of this, I mean, not only is he uh, uh, this, it's this crazy conversion story, but mm-hmm. Saul is approving of murders uh, that yes. happen, uh, especially to Christians. And he's persecuting oh, man, Christians, yes. he's persecuting people who claim the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that uh, the point of the story is to say the spirit. Uh, the, the, what the Spirit is doing in the church and this new movement of followers of Jesus, yeah. it's so life-altering, so radical, so changing that even Saul can become Paul. Nobody is off limits. There's nobody too far away from grace. There's yeah. nobody too far into a habit or into an addiction that cannot be claimed by Jesus. And this is a comfort, right? Because there are people that we know that are making choices that we don't agree with. There are people that we feel are far away from walking with God, you know, what we have read with Enoch or Noah, uh, those that have a tight communion or a relationship with God. But, I mean, really, I mean, Luke is very clear, man. Nobody, if, if Saul 
the man himself, Saul, who approved of the martyrdom of Stephen. And earlier in that chapter, it, it says that when, after they had heard Stephen's uh, sermon, it says that they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. <laughs> and I've always wondered, trying to get a visual of what that would look like. You know, I don't think that's part of our culture now. When people get angry, they don't gnash their teeth. This is before, I guess, the horns of the car. Where you, yeah. <laughs> before you could honk your horn, you just used your teeth and gnashed your teeth. <laughs> But uh, there is Paul, it, it's almost, but it almost articulates, I don't know if this is on purpose, but Luke, it's, it's almost like a, a rabid, uh, uncontrolled anger mm, kind of deal. Yeah. And so uh, this, the fact that, that here, when we're talking about people of faith, there's an illustration right off the bat, before we even begin getting into the story, that no one is too far away. Nobody is off limits when it comes to God. Yeah, and that's excellent news because uh, mm. whether we realize it or not, that's good news for us because Amen. we are that person uh, that ends yes. up far from God. Yes. Uh, all oh, yeah. of a sudden we look up and rather than paying attention to the details like you, like you were doing, laying out <laughs> in the rain and the puddles, uh, rather than paying attention to the details of what it means to live a Christian life, all of a sudden we find ourselves, oh, I've been living according to what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, right. And, and I, all of a sudden I realize, oh, I'm the one that's far from God. Oh, and uh, yeah. Saul's story is good news because uh, if Saul can come back to God, uh, then so can we. Yeah, so, exactly, man. Uh, so uh, I, what I'd like to do is just kind of give a summary of Saul's story and then ask you a question or two. You ask me a question or two. Yeah, and I'll reflect we'll, it. Back, we'll just see where, the, where this conversation leads yeah. us. But uh, Saul's story, uh, the conversion story, can be found in Acts chapter 9. Mm-hmm. And really, it's a, it's a pretty lengthy story. It's about uh, 30, uh, 31 verses. And mm-hmm. so I uh, don't have time to read it over the podcast. But really briefly, yeah. uh, I just want to summarize it so that uh, we all remember exactly where we are and what, what, what's going on. But Saul is a Pharisee and a, a devout Jewish man, a leader of the Pharisee group. And he is a, he's a really intelligent guy. And so all of a sudden, he uh, starts to hear stories of these Christians springing up all over. Uh, he was present when Stephen was martyred. And mm-hmm. for Saul, he decides that he needs to do some defense of the Jewish faith, uh, that we need to get back on track to, to living the way that God has called us to live. And so he hears about some Christians living in Damascus. Mm, yeah. And so he decides, uh, with permission, to go to Damascus. And he's going to bring Christians back from Damascus to Jerusalem. So that they can face uh, a trial, so that they can be uh, charged uh, with what they are doing, uh, that uh, the blasphemy that they are preaching, and, and so he goes to Damascus, and on the road, he encounters uh, this bright light that yes. immediately strikes him blind, and suddenly there's a voice calling out, and uh, uh, the voice identifies itself as Jesus, yes. the one that Saul is persecuting, and so Saul uh, hears Jesus speaking, uh, he hears that he's the one who's persecuting Jesus and the followers of Jesus, and he is struck blind by this light. Mm-hmm. And so from there, uh, Jesus gives him instructions to go on to Damascus, and uh, he will there uh, encounter a Christian who will uh, restore his sight to him. Mm-hmm. And from there, Saul, uh, his conversion, he understands that Jesus does have power, that this is not just uh, something fake, but that Jesus is the real deal. And yes. so he oh, yeah. changes his life, changes his mind, changes his heart. He becomes a Christian, becomes a follower of Jesus, and uh, before we know it, as the story of Acts continues, he's going to be the key player. Uh, mm-hmm. Up till this point in the book of Acts, it's been uh, Peter, uh, it's been James, it's been John, yes. and uh, from th- from this point forward, really, it begins to shift, and uh, uh, it's going to be uh, Paul, uh, yes. Saul, who turns to Paul for the rest of the story of Acts. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, did, did I get everything? Did I miss anything in the summary of the story? Man, I, I don't think I, the only thing I wanted you to wanted to hear was maybe your impression of the voice from heaven. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, because people have different voices That's for right. it. That's uh, right. I'm just kind of yeah. curious. 
Saul. <laughs> Saul. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Hey, that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> what do you got? Would, would it be an Irish, Scottish guy? Oh, know? dude, y'all. No, I, I, <laughs> no I, I do have... It would be funny if it was a, a, like a lighter voice, but I, I do have it in my mind. Mm. You know, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Yeah, it, almost like uh, uh, Mufasa. Or James from, Earl Jones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I think, but you know, it could, it could just be like, hey, Saul, yeah. hey, yeah. Saul, yeah. Why, yeah, why just, do you persecute me? Yeah. yeah. More of a buddy buddy kind of. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, that off the point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, de- to derail us on yeah, that one. But. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's uh, let's start by talking about kind of the miraculous nature of this story. Yes. And uh, we can back up if we need to a little bit later on. But uh, the first thing that that stands out to me is that there's this bright light that shines from heaven, all of a sudden, and yes. a voice calls out from heaven. And as the the text goes, Saul uh, is the only one who hears the voice. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, no, he's the only one who sees the light, yes, but everybody one. hears the voice. Yes, correct. Uh, so tell me what you think about uh, this encounter. Why is it that Saul is being singled out? He's traveling with a group. They seem to all have a unified purpose to go to Damascus, to find Christians, and to bring them back. And uh, yet it's only Saul who's kind of singled out by yes. Jesus. Well, I mean, this is an example of a religious experience. Uh, and this is told, I'm sure, firsthand by Paul to Luke uh, when they're on the boat heading to Rome, or I'm not quite sure they're traveling together. And Paul, I'm sure, shares this religious experience with Luke. And here's the thing about religious experience uh, is that only the person that is experiencing the experience can really talk about this experience. And the rest of us are left to really trust this person um, is, are they telling, is this experience backed up by their actions, right? Well, you can tell here that something happened. Obviously, the radical change in the life of Paul from somebody who was out to kill Christians to then becoming the most prolific letter writer to the early church. There had to be some experience. And we weren't, we weren't there. Uh, Luke wasn't there. Uh, so all we have is to trust what Paul experienced. And here, in his own telling, he saw this light, this bright light, and heard uh, this voice from heaven who claimed to be Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I think that even in our relationships, uh, I've talked to people who have come to, uh, to become followers of Jesus also through some form of experience. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes you hear these stories and you become a little bit skeptical. Oh, did they really, you know, did that really happen? You know, could have just been like something they ate earlier that kind of created some kind of hallucinations. But, but, you know, I think really as people of faith, people who are following Jesus, who's to say that it didn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're left to really trust the person's account, and really uh, the evidence is in the life. Uh, Do they practice what they preach? Did this actually have something? And so, you know... I don't know. All I know is that Paul believes that this happened to him, mm. and uh, his life was changed because of this experience. Yeah. Well, and that brings up a really, uh, for, for some people, maybe, maybe even me, I'll even say this <laughs> might be a little confessional, you know? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it brings up a really tough topic when, we, when it comes to faith is yeah. uh, the idea of experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember you and I a couple years ago we had a, a conversation about about this, and uh, amongst the staff we were talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we even posted it on the Mango 
podcast Ooh. about what role does experience play oh, yeah. in forming and shaping our, uh, our faith and exactly. the identity of our faith. Exactly. And uh, typically, the answer that we've tried to give is none. <clears throat> Yeah, none. Yeah. We came by this objective truth <laughs> scientifically, yeah. and, it, and, and there's no there's no it's, room for experience. it's all in, you know in, in our passion, really in our uh, I guess lust for empirical data. Mm. You know the scientific process. It's you know there isn't much room really for that kind of uh, area. Like it just personal experience. Yeah. It's almost in science unless you can prove it with numbers or with experiments. Yeah. You know, it yeah. didn't really happen. But yeah. Yeah, and then and in the life of the church, you know, yeah, you, you want to turn to the scriptures. You know, but yeah. for Saul, I mean, he knew he knew scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, I mean, he studied under one of the most impressive teachers of the law, yes. uh, Gamaliel, <clears throat> and he knew, he knew oh, scripture backward and forward. He knew it, yeah. And it wasn't until this moment where he had an experience uh, that things began to click and yeah. that faith in Jesus specifically mm-hmm. began to make sense. Yes. Uh, yes. So when we talk about uh, experience, yes. what, what insight do you have for us to maybe make us a little bit more comfortable with the language of experience and you've already kind of hinted at uh, how we can treat one another when we talk about experience, but talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious your take on it as well. But you know, experience—I've um, heard stories of you know people in tough times or uh, people who are dealing with something very difficult, all of a sudden kind of feeling the presence of God as a part of this situation, or, or not feeling alone anymore. And you know, the Bible's is full of this kind of language as well. Um, I mean, even in, in the, the parable of the prodigal son, uh, when the younger son, or the two sons, yeah, when the younger son is in the muck of the, the pigs, and it says that he came to his senses. It's almost like this, mm. this experience mm-hmm. that, that happens with, with, with him. Where he's like, man, what am I doing here? Uh, and so, you know, that's one type of experience. Um, you know, there are times uh, where, you know, people, like, like I said, will feel the presence of God in really tough times. Uh, sometimes people he- hear, uh, you know, the words. And again, you know, uh, I think sometimes we can be a little bit skeptical about these things. Uh, but uh, really, who's for, who's for us to challenge what someone believes to have happened in their life? Really, uh, the, the truth comes out, and what does this uh, experience have on the individual? Yeah, yeah, and, and you hinted at that earlier by saying mm-hmm. that when we see the fruit of their life, oh, yeah. and certainly with Saul, Paul, mm-hmm. we see the fruit. Yes. Uh, we see the changed life. We see that instead of uh, him agreeing and accepting murder, mm-hmm. uh, he becomes a, uh, a kinder person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still pretty firm in his convictions. He, he's, yes. he's not going to uh, let, let you besmirch the name of Jesus, but, uh, I mean, he becomes this person who he's changed by yeah, this experience. You can see at night, I mean, really, in the text does a good job of, of illustrating this contrast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I also want to throw into the mix because uh, as wonderful as that sounds and as mm-hmm. amazing as that is, uh, for me personally, yeah, uh, that yeah. is not that is not my lived experience mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the life of faith. <laughs> yeah. You know, there you have the Sauls and the Pauls out there that have this radical transformative moment and yeah. there's this moment of clarity that all of a sudden everything else fades away, and this this is the only thing that matters mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, and they look back and they have that one mi- moment for the rest of their lives. Uh, that's not yeah. that's not my story, and I suspect mm-hmm. it's not everybody's yeah. story oh, yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. So I think of uh, people like Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. and uh, Mother Teresa 
this amazing, incredible servant of the church, servant of the poor. Yes. Lived a, a wonderful life of faithfulness uh, yes. to, to the ministry that she uh, felt called to. Mm-hmm. And a, as she reflects at, at the end of her life on, on what she's been doing, mm-hmm. she's doing it all from a place of feeling the absence of God. Mm. You know, yes. she has no yeah. experience of God. Yeah. And yet she knows <laughs> yes. that to be faithful even in the midst of that Yes, uh, is what God has called her to. And, that's and right. she devotes her life to, to living faithfully, even though she doesn't have that experience that yes. Saul or Paul yeah. has. Correct, correct. So, uh, so bo- both are, are totally valid ways of, of oh, having faith. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Uh, you know, and to, uh, you know, there are certain, you know, you know, Dale's out in the audience. I know he has an incredible story. And, you know, there's people like, like Dale or people like uh, that, that I've come across that had this incredible story, you know, almost like the story of the, two, the prodigal son or something, you mm-hmm. know. And then I look at, sometimes in my weak moments, I look at my story, and it's like, man, that's kind of boring. <laughs> you know, I've been going to church. I was going to church nine months before I was even born. Mm, yeah. I mean, like, I, my parents raised me in the church. Um, you know, I, I never kind of had that, like, time where I, like, drifted away, and, you know, I was always kind of faithful, always kind of attended. Uh, I made the right choices, mm. you know, and... And, you know, it's not as, as glorious, you know, as a, as a conversion story, you know, that, that sometimes I hear. And, and you know, some, some of us, I'm sure your story is the same, uh, you know, th- we don't have that, like, that Saul moment, mm, you know, that, yeah. that, but, you know, we do have these small moments, yeah. right, that, that take us here or take us there. And, you know, there are experiences that maybe shift us in this direction, in that direction. And so, you know, I, I think that we all, we all have these things, uh, if we believe it or not, these experiences, some of them are, are big, some of them are small, but I think that, you know, life has a way of kind of shaping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I just want to affirm uh, your faith because, uh, you know, th- thinking about your faith is boring. <laughs> and yet 30 minutes ago, yeah. you were laying in the rain. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> on the cold concrete I was, outside because you were trying to find God. Yeah, through his creation, you know. <laughs> yeah, that class is, is getting to me, man. I find myself laying on, on wet grass, but yeah. uh, also seeing the beauty. But you're mm-hmm. right. That, yeah. that, thanks for the encouragement there. <laughs> well, hey, there's a, there's a couple more aspects of this story that uh, really intrigue me. And I've heard a number of, of uh, religious leaders, preachers, teachers mm-hmm. uh, talk about what comes next in the story when Saul is blinded and he is in the city. Mm, and all yeah. of a sudden, God shows up to another, uh, <laughs> yeah. another Christian, another believer, yeah. and tells Ananias to go and get Saul. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, guy who's willing to imprison, uh, even murder Christians. Oh man! Uh, so give me your take on what, what's it like to be Ananias. Uh, what do you think oh. this encounter with God was like? Can you imagine? Because you know we have two we have two people having an encounter with God. We have uh, Paul, and then we have Ananias, who also receives this message. Uh, in his heart, and you know, his first response is, you know, man, no way, I'm out. You know, Lord, <laughs> I've heard the reports about this guy, all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest, and, and, and you want me to like put myself out there? That takes some courage, man. Yeah. I, you have to, you have to give Ananias some mad props yeah, for, right. uh, I guess. Following that urge, that that call, that that uh, message from God into actually harboring and welcoming in, and what's the first thing he says? How does he refer to Paul when he comes in? Brother, brother. That's the first thing. Brother. Isn't that isn't that a that right there is radical? Yeah. That is straight up radical. Yeah. I mean, that is taking the teaching of Jesus, brother, that you will love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. I mean, th- this is him <laughs> using family language to say we oh. have the same family. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We, we grew up eating from the same table. Oh, man. You are a brother. Yeah. I mean, I think that we read the story so many times, I kind of get waters down because we know the end of the story. We know mm. who, who Paul is. But, man, let's really pause. This is a murderer of some of the people who you love and trust, who's, if you misjudge the situation, you would be killed. And he refers to him straight off the bat with open arms, brother. Yeah. Radical. Yeah. Yeah. Radical. And uh, th- and this is what Christians for hundreds and thousands of years have done so well, is mm-hmm. to find ways of taking the teachings of Jesus and applying them yes. uh, in their specific life yes. in a way that makes people wake up and realize. Because uh, I think... Uh, up until this point, Saul has had a couple of days to kind of sit in his blindness. Yes. Uh, to, to he's, you know, he doesn't really know what's going to happen next to him. He doesn't yeah. know if he's ever going to regain his sight. Yes. And all of a sudden, uh, here comes this guy that he's there. I, I think Saul did not have his mind made up mm. at this point. Yeah, you're right. That, that's my yeah. personal thought. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. The text doesn't really say. Uh, and then here comes Ananias, and he says, Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Yeah, that's And amazing. I think... He begins in that moment to think, maybe I, maybe I really do want to do this. Maybe I really do want to yeah. uh, take the plunge and follow this Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so almost two, two experiences, right? He had that experience with Jesus, and then he had this other experience with Ananias, yeah. equally as powerful. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, we talked earlier in the podcast about how there's no one too far from God's grace. You know, Paul's a great example of that. And then Ananias gives us an example of there really shouldn't be anybody that we, as a church, don't welcome mm-hmm. with and uh, with, with with loving arms. Yeah, uh, we should be a people who are all with, with our arms wide open to people, um, especially when the urge for our heart uh, from God comes in, comes into play. Yeah, and I think we do we we do need to learn the lesson too of mm-hmm. never letting a moment go by. Yes, that we aren't affirming someone else yes. <laughs> as their identity of who they're created to be by God, mm-hmm. uh, because that's what He does. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He, here's Saul, and yet, you know, he could be afraid of him. He kind of is, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet, when he shows up, mm-hmm. he affirms the identity that God has given him. And so, for us, we can't miss a moment. Yeah, uh, we need to take every moment we can because we don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, exactly. As a result. Of oh it. man, so, so true. Well, uh, at least one more aspect that I'm curious about. Yeah. Uh, before, yeah. before you know, if you want to throw anything my, back my direction, All feel right. free. But yeah. uh, I'm curious to know about. Uh, you, you preached a sermon a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Faith is not blind. Oh, <laughs> and here, here yeah. we go. Here, here's an example yeah. of Jesus striking Saul blind. Yes, and then restoring his sight. Correct. And now he is prepared. He's ready to live a life of faith. He converts. He gets baptized. Mm-hmm. He begins learning. He begins preaching. Uh, yes, and, and encouraging other disciples. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about uh, you know going back to that sermon. That idea, faith is not blind. Yes, connected here with uh, his restored vision. Oh man, well, you know, I love, you know, that especially in Hebrews 11, I love the very first couple of verses in Hebrews 12 where it really kind of it's almost like the culmination of Hebrews 11, therefore kind of like mm. therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off all sin that so easily entangles us and fix our eyes on Jesus. This is where the blindness does not play because we are fixing our eyes on Jesus. Mm. Paul had this experience he, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He literally had this experience where he spoke w- with Jesus. And his eyes were metaphorically, you know, he was blind, but then the scales were lifted up. And I think you see through his life that he get, put his gaze towards Jesus and becoming a disciple of Jesus. 
Um, you know, and, and uh, you can, you know, he spends some time learning on this. I yeah. think there's some, some time where he begins to, to study and, and learn from those that are around him as well uh, to articulate his faith better. But, uh, you know, it's not blind because he is, he's experienced and, and, and really see, is seeing Jesus through this time. Yeah, and, and as as the story progresses, he begins. Yeah. Uh, he does. He, he spends some time uh, st- in study and learning. But even even right away, he's ready to. He as soon as he's converted, he yeah. says, "Let's. I'm in. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's thing. do this." Yeah. And he begins to go and teach and preach and and share uh, the story. And the first response that people have is like, "Whoa, uh, <laughs> should we?" Should yeah. we, is this some kind of trick, you know? Yeah, uh, are, exactly. Are, are you just telling us what we want to hear because then you're yeah. going to trick us and get us? Yeah. And uh, But no, his eyes are firmly, firmly yeah. set yes. on Jesus. Yes. And uh, they're not wavering anywhere else uh, for mm-hmm. the rest of his life. I mean, he, he ends mm-hmm. up going uh, to Rome imprisoned and uh, uh, losing his life uh, mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. of this story, because of uh, yeah. who he claims Jesus oh, is. Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I got some. Uh, I was gonna one of, one of the things that this this story kind of uh, it came to mind when I was reading it. But it's this idea of a person of faith, right? We in our modern vocabulary, when we talk about a person of faith, what do we typically re- talk about? It's usually somebody who believes in God, right? Mm-hmm. There's sometimes when we use the word faith in our modern context, it has to do with a belief in a certain set of uh, ideals or statements. Uh, and a person of faith really is, in our modern context, as someone who puts their faith, puts their belief in God, that, that the world was created, or that, um, that there is a God who is working in the midst. But I want to say, uh, you know, one of the things I've been wrestling with, thinking about, I want to get your take, Jake, as yeah. well, is that, and here's the bold statement, is that everybody is a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Everybody believes in something. Mm. Every single human is putting their faith in something. What delineates Paul here is that he already was a person of faith, but what happens in Acts chapter 9 is it shifts what he puts his faith in. Mm. Uh, and uh, when it comes to, to you know, those that, pro- that don't believe in God or something, you know, typically they're not, they're not considered to be people of faith. But, you know, the truth is, is that no one was there when the earth was created. <laughs> Even the smartest scientists, you know, they have these formulas that, that have an idea of what could have happened. But there's also a leap of belief that needs to, to take place. And yeah. so all of us yeah. are people who are putting our belief and faith in something. The compelling question really is, what, can we, what do we believe in? What can we put our faith in? that brings us into a posture of love mm. and makes us the people that we can fully be contributing to the world. I mean, what do you think about this, that, this idea that everyone's a person of faith? Degree, disagree? Yeah, I think I, think I agree with that. I think uh, uh, certainly, uh, I mean, everything. I mean, even, even if I were to say something right now and tell you, so, if I were just to tell you a fact about yeah. me, uh, you would have to, to have some faith that what I was saying was true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and so I think absolutely, I think uh, exactly what you've just described is, is the case uh, that all of us, to some, to some degree, to some level, uh, are people of faith. And, and whatever we decide, this is where we're going. Yeah. Uh, this is what we're going to trust in. This is what we're going to put our yeah, hope in. 
Uh, you know, I think Larry Henderson, uh, when you interviewed him uh, last mm -hmm. week for, mm -hmm. for the continuing the conversation, I think he said he likes that word trust. Oh, trust. That's right. Uh, and, yeah, and so trust. That, that trust is needed. You, yes. Because yes. all of us are trusting in something. We're trusting in science or data or yeah. faith and religion, uh, politics, economics. We're all trusting in something. Yeah. And uh, we're all putting our faith in something as well. Uh, I mean, do you think, would you say, uh, you know, like an atheist, like a tr traditional mm -hmm. atheist, yeah. you know, this is the classic example. Mm -hmm. Uh an atheist professes that I don't believe in God, mm -hmm. but would you consider an atheist a person of faith? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, they they are putting their faith in that there is nothing to put their faith in, <laughs> <laughs> or or no one. Yeah. I guess I should say there's yeah. no one to put their faith. Yeah, in. there's yeah. no higher being. Yeah, uh, hmm. and uh, I'm going to trust instead what what I can see, what is, yeah. uh, rather than what could be, yeah, uh, or what might be. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a compelling question, right? Because we're all, every single human, every human being on the planet is believing in something. Everyone's trusting in something. And I think we, we don't know that the words of Scripture are true. I mean, we, we don't know for a fact. We, we can believe that it is. Uh, we don't know for a fact that God created the world. But we can trust that what Scripture says is how it played out. Mm. Like, we don't know, right? Uh, just like the, the, the scientists don't fully know either, right? I mean, yeah. we're all believing and putting our faith in something. And this isn't uh, a juxtaposition between faith and science because I think that they, they can work together. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that we all have, we, every single human is choosing to put their trust in something. Yeah. No yeah. one is immune yeah. from this. I mean, you get in the car. <laughs> Yeah. You put the seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And what are you trusting the seatbelt to do? Yeah. To keep you yeah. safe. You know, so you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be just, you know, atheists <laughs> and science. You know, it's just yeah. an example. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, true. You know, I think one thing that's interesting, too, uh, uh, is in the book of Acts, mm -hmm. uh, chapter 9 is, mm -hmm. is the section that we were reflecting on. Yeah. But yeah. later on in the book, Paul has a chance to tell his conversion story mm. uh, two times. Yeah, uh, it's and, true. And that's both, true. Both times he's he's uh, kind of under trial, uh, and so he's <laughs> yeah. he's kind of before the authorities, and they're questioning him and wondering uh, why, who gave you the authority, and and why are you really doing what what you yeah. say you're doing? And, yeah. And one of those times uh, comes in Acts chapter 26, mm -hmm. and in Acts 26, <clears throat> Paul actually includes one more uh, detail that I think is is kind of helpful and kind of neat mm -hmm. uh, for talking about. Uh, this idea of being a person of faith. Yes. That we're all people of faith. Yeah. And so real fast, uh, th this one verse uh, that he says, uh, in uh, starting in verse uh, 16 of chapter 26, uh, Jesus is talking and he says, Get up, stand up on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as my servant and witness of what you have seen and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles, and I am sending you to open their eyes. Then they can turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are made holy by faith in me. Mm. And so uh, Paul is here quoting his conversion story. He's quoting Jesus from his conversion yeah. story. Yeah. And uh, I, I imagine by this time he's, he's been able to tell his conversion story more than what we have in the book yeah. of Acts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so he, he knows exactly what he wants to tell, what are the, mm. what are the points. And here he includes this detail, which I think yeah. is pretty important because this yeah. is... Uh, what Paul understands to be his purpose. Mm, Jesus yeah. says, this is the purpose that I'm appearing to you. Here's yes. the purpose. Here's the yes. reason. That's right. And so when you talk about everybody is a person of faith, whether we are believing in God, putting yeah. our, our trust in God, or something else, Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason that we're doing that is because we think there's a purpose. That's to right. It. 
There's a yeah. purpose to putting our faith in God, or there's a purpose yeah. to putting our faith in science or uh, in seatbelts yeah. or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and for Paul, the purpose uh, here is not only that his eyes will be opened, but that others' eyes will be yeah. opened, and they'll be able yeah. to see clearly who God is and what happens for them as a result. That's right, man. I mean, because yeah, like he said everybody is a person of, of faith, or everybody's putting their trust in something. And with that trust, when we make this decision, then a purpose comes along with it, hopefully, right? Yeah. You know, those of us that believe in a God who is a loving God, who is at work in redeeming the world and reconciling all things and is using his church as the hands and feet of Christ, we are the church. Along with this trust in this story comes a purpose. There's meaning to our life. There's meaning to every conversation. Uh, even to the point of getting water to someone who's thirsty, that plays a role in this story. So putting trust in the God's story in, in, in a lot of ways gives so much meaning and purpose to someone's life. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, those that trust in a different story, you know, then the question is, well, what meaning is now given to your life like those that don't trust in a god or those that don't trust that there's something bigger than ourselves but we're basically all just here survival of the fittest mm-hmm. you know th- that really to me and I-, I choose not to believe that story personally just because what is my life purpose yeah. in that there there really isn't much uh but in that narrative it's almost like to just be better than everybody else and survive you know Whereas the story that I choose to put my faith in, the story of Jesus, yeah. man, it makes it makes these these every small moments valuable. It makes life meaningful. Yeah. Relationships powerful. Mm, yeah. Well, and certainly, uh, <clears throat> you know, you shared a little bit too earlier about how uh, you didn't really have a choice in this. Oh, you know, yeah. Nine months before you were born, I you were attending you. church. <laughs> And uh, yeah. uh, when you think about it, though, uh, too, I mean, you look at the Christian faith and the Christian story, mm-hmm. and I know uh, for probably for many people, uh, including myself, uh, that the reason uh, that we believe this story, that we put our, our trust in this yeah. God, is because this is, we think this is the best story. It's yeah. the best purpose. It's the best yeah. meaning that our lives can have is to say this is the way that we're going to live yeah. uh, because of who Jesus is, because who he taught us to be, mm-hmm. because of what he showed us. Uh, because of um, you know all the different scriptures that we could oh, you know, we could open up and there's all kinds of virtue lists in yes. the New Testament, oh, yeah. you know, and they just show us that this this is the best way to live, and and I believe that, and and yeah. that's why this story uh, is so meaningful, exactly, uh, because the purpose that it gives me uh, is not only good for me, but it's also mm-hmm. beautiful for the world. Yeah. I love it. Have you seen that movie, The Life of Pi? I have, yes. Yeah. What, do you th- what do you think about it? I mean, that, that's a classic. Yeah, right? it's, the tiger. Well, it's a it's yeah. a stunning uh, yeah. visually. It's Colorful. a stunning. Yeah, movie. the cinematography yeah. is amazing. Uh, you know, there's that tiger. I forget Richard Parker. I think mm-hmm. it's his name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just love that that movie. And and uh, but there's that scene at the very end. Well, the whole story is of this guy who uh, is in a shipwreck, and he's it's with a bunch of animals from a zoo, and uh, some of these animals. Uh, end up on this life, uh, a boat, like that's a small boat, you know, from like kind of a lifeboat. And uh, basically, they're just, you know, drifting in the ocean, and it ends up the only survivors are this main character and a tiger. Mm. And so there's this tension this tiger is a dangerous animal, a predator. But, you know, here they're having to share this, this boat. And finally, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, you can turn the podcast it's, off right now. It's only been out for like 10, yeah, 15 you, years. You've, you've had your time. You've had your time. But uh, at the very end, um, 
the uh, he's being interviewed by these reporters, I, I believe, um, or actually I think the people who found him. And uh, he tells the story. The movie is him telling the story mm. of what happened. And uh, then at the very end, he tells a different version of the story. Uh, but it's less colorful. It's yeah. less... Uh, it's, it's about humans that are turning on each other. Um, and basically, he asks the, 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 the journalist, which story are you going to believe? Yeah. You know, which story do you prefer? Yeah. And here the journalist has a choice. Am I going to believe the, the black and white story that's kind of boring? Or am I going to choose to believe the colorful story that has a, an amazing plot and this riveting... Yeah. It's an uh, adventure. It's, yeah. yeah. It, there's danger, but, uh, yeah. but it's not morbid. You know? Yeah. And so the journalist at the very end, you have two versions of the story. One is just full of life and color and creativity and amazing adventure. And then the other is just black and white, dry story. And the journalist, what story are you going to believe? Hmm. And I think we as humans, every day, we are faced with that same question. What story are you going to trust? Are you going to trust in this story uh, and the story that started Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and in the story of this God who's at work, and Jesus is the culmination. And, you know, are, are you going to believe in that there's nothing, and that we're just a bunch of molecules mm. randomly put together on this planet that's circling the sun? I mean, anyway, we all are faced with it. We all have to choose that story. And I think just like those journalists, we have to choose, what am I going to put my faith in? Uh, and some of us have these experiences like Paul that kind of lead us into an, a, an understanding that maybe there is something bigger out there. Yeah. And maybe I should put my faith and trust, even though I can't see mm. in this story. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a beautiful place for us to kind of wrap up our, our part of the conversation. And uh, uh, as we continue to reflect on this word, this suitcase word of faith, yes. uh, uh, the important question perhaps this week is, uh, what faith are you going to choose? Yeah, what story? Yeah, what yeah, story? What story? Because Saul, story? Saul has a choice, right? And uh, yeah. he chooses this faith. And so uh, for us daily, are we going to choose to live into this story, to lean into it, to, oh, to try to understand it more and be a part of it more? And you know, N.T. Wright, he talks about the scriptures as a, as a narrative, right? Mm. Uh, he talks about this whole thing. This is a story. You know, Acts with five different chapters, right, or five acts. Yeah. The first one is creation. The second act is, uh, you know, Genesis 3 or the, the fall, the, the, the fact that we have sin within us. The third act is the Old Testament. The fourth act or the fourth chapter is about Jesus. The fifth chapter is the church. Yeah. And what N.T. Wright says is that in this narrative, in this story, that chapter is still happening. We are still living. Yeah. It's still being written. It's still being written. We are in we have a purpose in this story. Yeah. What story are we going to choose to believe? Yeah, that's right. Well, I want to say thanks to everybody who's here tonight and uh, thanks to our listeners because uh, I know that you have had a uh, a terrific job right now of washing the dishes. And oh, you, yeah. you had a, you've had a, a a tough task of walking the dog and he's yeah. been pulling on the leash you the entire a- walk. You have arrived at your destination, and you've been waiting for the last four minutes and 25 seconds you know, for this podcast to end so you can get out of your car and go to work, whatever, whatever you're doing. We're so grateful. Uh, but we just want to say thank you, and uh, we continue to look forward to unpacking this word and uh, unpacking this idea and being people who live by faith and who choose oh, faith. Our hope, too, is that this really, our hope, really, during this season, that people grow closer 
to this God, that the closer to the story, uh, we pray for experiences like this. We pray that just like Enoch and Noah walked with God, that these discussions will lead us into a more intimate relationship with the Creator. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, continuing the conversation with us, and we hope yep. that sometime this week you're able to continue it with a neighbor, a friend, a relative, somebody Keep else. Keep the, the conversation church. going. Keep, keep it going. That's yeah, right. All right. And we'll see you next week. Peace and love. Mm-hmm.